Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We're here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ. We're going to give you the tools that you need to date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today, well, you're not alone. Neither did we. And that's why we're here looking for the middle. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Looking for the Middle. We're over halfway through season That's really six. Sad. I know, but it's happy because we have a whole other half of things to talk about. Okay, fair enough. Yes. Optimism. Good job. It's a gift. <laughs> uh, I don't have it. <laughs> she's the realist. I am. I've learned that pessimists call themselves realists. Yep. My mom does that. And I, well, and I will say, I I am a realist with a slight pessimist bent. Okay. At least I, you're aware. I mix well with other realists who have slight optimist bents. Okay. I have found. Okay. I don't deal well with optimists because I'm like, I just don't believe them. Oh. <laughs> well, that's disappointing. <laughs> it's fine. But you're like, oh, look, second half. I'm like, oh, yeah, fun, whatever. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Basically, what you're learning is that Bethany doesn't believe any of my optimists. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't believe people actually think it, I guess, which is weird. That is weird. I don't think you're lying to me. I know. No. I know you think it's true. Yeah, I do. It's but fine. I just don't. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and it's not just you. It's everyone. Okay. <laughs> there we go. See, I'm realistic about yeah. it. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Gosh. Do you want to talk about the newsletter? Oh, I was so excited for your question. Yeah. <sighs> you were so ready. I was. Okay, guys, if you don't know already, we have a newsletter that we've been doing. It's been for a while now. Season and a half. Yeah. So if you haven't signed up for that, make sure you do. We send that out every Thursday. It's a fun collection of resources pertinent to the topic that we have discussed that week. So if you want to sign up, you can go to our Instagram bio, LFTM underscore podcast and sign up at the link there or go to our website, lookingforthemiddle.com. And there's a newsletter sign up button there. Um, So. If you want to hear more thoughts and stuff like that, go fill that out and get signed up. And while you're there, you might as well follow us on social media. If you don't already, we love hanging out with you guys, especially on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think we say every time we're not really on Facebook all that much, which really means we're never on there. So if you want to actually talk to us, head over to Instagram, follow us there. LFTM underscore podcast. That is where we'll be. We're not far from a thousand. We're like at 900 Woo-hoo! right now. Y'all just want to go help us out with that. That would be, be great. awesome. Okay, question of the day. Ready, Bethany? Yes. She does. She's ready because she knows what's coming. I we cheated on this one. <laughs> uh, what is the most exciting thing that's happened to you in the last two weeks? Well, I thought I had my answer, but then on my way here to record today, I went to McDonald's and I had to go inside because their drive-through thing was broken. Long story. So anyway, they were being kind of rude to me, and so I went in there and I was just going to be very straight-faced and. I wasn't going to be rude to them, but I was not impressed with their rudeness. So I'm standing there waiting on my food, and the lady's about to bring it to me, and I had to sneeze. So I'm standing in McDonald's, and I had to sneeze. And so everyone Which is like a cardinal sin or I something know. these days. And of course, I didn't have a mask on because I had gone through the drive-thru. I wasn't planning to go inside. I didn't even have a mask. So I'm standing there, and I sneeze. So then I had to be, like, super nice to them. After I was be- being so good at being, like, super straight face. I had to be, like, all super nice. And don't worry, I'm fine. After Because I just sneezed in their restaurant. <sighs> that, was, that was my most exciting thing today so far. Yes. But my real thing probably was a deer ran into my car a couple weeks ago so 
I was pretty excited. I laugh because y'all, there's a difference in you hitting a deer and a deer running into yes, your car. And Bessie and I have both now had the experience where the deer ran into yes. us. I was just like going down the street. It wasn't like, oh, there's a deer way off up there that ran across and I couldn't stop. Like I'm just driving down the road and this deer bounds across the road straight into the side of my car. It's terrifying. It like bounced off down the side and ran off into the woods. But like, yeah, so that was, that's probably the most exciting thing. My God, I got. I was really close to home, so I just went home because it was drivable. It was like 10 o'clock at night on this busy street. I wasn't about mm-hmm. to stop in the dark on a busy road by right. myself. So I got home, which is a good thing that I went on home because I got there. And I couldn't open my driver door because, like, it had bent it just enough that it wouldn't, like, open right. Oh, so I had gosh. to, like, call someone to come let me out of my car. Please don't make me sleep in my car. <laughs> yeah. Can you also tell so, them about uh, your sheepskin leggings? <laughs> That you found in Walmart? <laughs> Sheepskin leggings. Okay, so this is turning into quite the story time with Bethany. But so I, my car's in the shop, obviously, mm-hmm. has been for close to two weeks now. And my grandmother, who lives like a mile and a half down the road from me, doesn't drive anymore. My grandfather drives her everywhere. So they have her car sitting there that they were like, you can just use it till your car is out of the shop. Great. It's a typical like old lady car. That's what I call it. It's my old lady car. And in true old lady fashion, she has these like sheepskin seat covers on her car, which I've never, you know, dealt with firsthand because I'm not an old lady. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yes, yet. I feel like I'm aging rapidly driving this car. (laughs) But anyway, so I've been sitting on these sheepskin covers and I had on my black leggings the other day. I was going to Wally World, got there, went inside and for whatever reason, I I needed something out of the home decor section. And I just happened to walk down the aisle of mirrors. And I looked over and I was like, what in the world is on my leggings? Well, apparently, I don't know if it's all pants or just the leggings. Like, pull at those little sheepskin covers because half of the sheepskin cover, I think, was down the back of both of my legs. What I wouldn't give for the security I was, like, footage of this. Standing there, like, looking in the mirror, like, what has happened to me? And I'm like, you know, rubbing my legs, trying to get it all off. And I, I realized, oh, my word, is those sheepskin covers. So I literally went from the home decor section to the bathroom section and bought a towel and put it down on the seat cover when I got out to the parking lot because I had already tried to take the covers off and I can't figure out how they're like attached and they're like (laughs) Jimmy rigged some weird way. I can't get them off. Oh, wow. So I have this towel. It's just still in there. Still got the tags on it from Walmart just sitting on the seat that I've been sitting on ever since. I yo, I really want to go to Walmart and be like, can you give me the footage this day at this time? Uh, there's a girl like freaking out in front of the mirrors. <laughs> I just really need to see this happen. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yes, that was my, this was my most exciting thing. Man. I mean, I don't even know how to follow that. Let's be honest. It's okay. Oh, gosh. No. I really, we just asked that question so she could tell you all that story because I was laughing so hard yesterday when she told me about it. I was like, we've got to figure out a way for you to tell that on the podcast because I feel like our listeners would appreciate that. Um, The most exciting thing that's happened. Keep in mind, we're recording this, what, the second week of March? Third week? Is this the third week? This is the third week. Yeah. This year is flying. Um. (laughs) Let's see. Oh, I made the tennis playoffs. 
with Matt. Oh, yes. That's super exciting. We won our, we won our division. They killed everybody. Which was not, I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> I literally went to the season being like, if I just win one, I just don't want to lose every match. Like, I just want to win one. And we won all of them. So we're undefeated. We have our first playoff match tonight. By the time this airs, playoffs will be over. So who we'll, knows? We'll, we'll come back to it. I'll get on Instagram how. and tell y'all how it went. But also, I think this episode comes out the week of my birthday. Happy birthday I'm to you. I'm pretty sure. Or the day before my you. birthday. Future me. Oh, man. You'll, you'll be older then. I will be older then. But yes, not nearly as exciting as having uh, sheepskin <laughs> fur all over me in a Walmart. But fun nonetheless. Okay. I'm just glad it was Walmart and not Target. I mean... I mean, the judgment factor just <laughs> exactly, skyrockets as soon exactly. as you walk into Target. Okay. Well, Walmart's cheaper, so I keep going That's there. That's true. <laughs> that towel was probably a lot cheaper at Walmart. It was like two ninety seven. There you go. I mean, I didn't get a high quality towel. I'm just going to be sitting on the thing. <laughs> just needed a barrier. Oh, man. Well, if y'all ever wonder what it's like to be friends with us. <sighs> you know what I should have done? What? It would have been a lot more interesting and accomplished the same purpose for the car. I should have gone up there and gotten like a roll of tarp and some rope or something. And you look like a serial killer. Yeah, that would have been a lot more interesting. Oh my gosh. Oh, what I an hate, opportunity I wasted. I hate that your mind works like that. Man. <laughs> it would have been a Meanwhile, little noisier in the car. A little crinklier yes, to sit on like, like a tarp. Yeah, I would have gotten it. That's annoying. my tarp impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like that. Wow. <laughs> All right. I don't really know how to segue <laughs> I don't either. So we'll just jump right Let's in, guys. jump in. Oh, we will forego the segue. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you guys have seen from the title of the episode, today we are answering the question that we've probably, a lot of us asked of ourselves at one point or another. I'm not saying it's right or that we should have, but we've probably all, when we've looked out at our single plight, <laughs> we have said, okay, Lord, what what more do you want from me? Like I'm doing all these things. What else do you want? And that's really like the origin behind the question is we were thinking about like, okay, I feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, you know, quote unquote, I'm involved in church. I'm consistent in my quiet time. I'm giving, I'm putting myself out there. I'm being social. I'm doing all the things and I'm checking all the boxes. What more do you want from me before I get a husband or a boyfriend or just go on a date? Like what else am I doing that I shouldn't be or am I not doing that I should be like where am I going wrong what do you want from me that's the you know the start of this question and I think we've probably all like I said asked ourselves this thought this maybe even said it at some point or another and so we're just going to kind of dissect that and look at the motivation the reality of whether or not that's true and just all those different things yeah because it's hard to come to terms with the fact that like you can be you know doing all the right things quote unquote and still be single because there are so many other areas of our life where if you do this and you do that you get a desired result you know you think about like okay if you work hard at work and you you know put in the time and you you know produce whatever Uh you eventually you will get a raise or you'll get promoted or you'll get a bonus or something or like we both played sports growing up you practice you put in the time you you know work at home you're gonna get better you're gonna get more playing time like you're gonna be more successful your dating life doesn't work that way (laughs) right you can't just be like oh i'm going places and meeting people and i'm doing all the spiritual things on top of that lord do you notice and you're not guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of waiting for that. And so it's almost like our minds have been ingrained to expect the same 
process to be true of our dating lives as it is in other areas. We totally do. And I think the flip side of that, though, is then we also, without even thinking about it, view singleness as a punishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And marriage as a reward. Exactly. Which it's not. It's two different paths with both with very good things, just different. Yeah. And keep in mind, I have to remind myself of this quite a bit. And we've talked about this pretty much since we started the podcast like god doesn't owe you a husband and he doesn't promise that either like marriage is not a promise you get in scripture right and he's not going to give you a husband or a boyfriend based on good behavior and when you really boil this conversation down like this is almost like the prosperity gospel adaptation for dating it totally is it's oh if i do all these things then god's gonna bless me with a man Mm -hmm. and and if you think about it, I'm going to say this very nicely. This kind of goes back to like the same um, conversation. Like, oh, if you're just content in the Lord, you'll get a husband. No, not every married person I know has been content in the Lord. First right. of all, not even I know. Just married person, people, period. <laughs> yeah. You cannot tell me every single no. person with two rings on their, or two, every girl with two rings on her <laughs> left hand was totally content in the Lord when she got married. Same thing here. Like people get married who may or may not be walking with the Lord. Like this is not a, oh, you've reached a certain level of spiritual maturity. You've reached a certain level of, you know. Sanctified. Yeah, sanctification. <laughs> Sanctifiedness. Good thing of the word. Move along. <laughs> as many words as I have butchered on here, I just need to sit in that for a minute. Sanctifiedness. That will come back. Okay. I will bring that back. Okay. After the whole cognac Ma- thing. <laughs> I don't think they know about that. Yeah, they do. It was in the blooper reel. Oh, okay. If you've forgotten season one blooper reel or two, I can't remember. It's worth your time. Um, sanctifiedness. But yes, you can't just like think, oh, I have to get to this level and then I will be given. That's not yeah. how this works at all. No. And I think this kind of flows really perfectly on the heels of last week's episode where we were talking about that whole thing of asking that question of, okay, if you would just fill in the blank, whatever it is, then you would meet someone. And we hear that a lot from other people. And if you've listened to last week's episode, you know, those answers run the gamut, but we have that mentality ingrained again in a lot of our thinking that, okay, a plus B equals not being single anymore, but this is not something that's a formula to be solved. And this is also not something that is like the trajectory of your life. Like I think especially in Christian circles, that's like the thing you're going after. That is the thing you are trying to achieve and all of those when in reality, our trajectory in life should be our sanctification. It should be becoming more like Christ. It should be that as our focus. And if we get married and are able to continue pursuing Christ in that way, awesome but that marriage and that is not our trajectory in life trying to achieve that ultimate goal Mm -hmm. i actually got a message on facebook a few weeks ago well it was recent when we're recording this but when it's released (laughs) it'll be a few weeks ago and i won't i'm not going to read it verbatim or anything because i want to protect the privacy of this girl who was really sweet she sent me this really long message and she had just listened to the open letter on singleness uh episode And she was talking about how she never really dated before and she got into, she's recently gotten into recently being like a good recently, but like 
a relationship. She's engaged. She's getting married. And she was like, Kristen, this episode hit me so hard because it's almost been disheartening how much more accepted I feel Yeah, because I'm engaged now. And all of the, the, she's a missionary overseas. So all of the messages I'm getting from people and the acceptance, this, it's almost like the assumption that I am, I have spiritually arrived. Like it's I like just the equivalent of moving up from the kids table. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh. That's exactly how she described it. She talked about how she was really passionate about continuing having conversations like this because it was really heartbreaking to her that that's all that she's like, I yeah. haven't changed that much. No. I haven't even hardly dated. This is my real first serious relationship. It just happens to be the guy that I'm getting married to. Yeah. And yet it's like, I've graduated mm-hmm. and so I think that while, yes, a lot of these thought patterns we kind of run with, I think in ways the church hasn't done a whole lot to help us it's overcome this. Yeah, of like, oh, if you'll just do this, if you'll just do that, if you'll be more spiritually mature, if you'll X, Y, Z, then you'll, you know, it equals marriage, which is yeah. the ultimate, uh-huh. you know. But yeah, it's just... It's sad that that's the perception we have and the perception that, like you said, is reinforced. Well, and also I'm, when you said the perception we have, it kind of made me think it's not really just a perception that we have, like based off of her, like her message and things like that. There is a difference. You are treated differently. You are seen differently. So whether it's true or not, it's, I mean, it's not true that you are more spiritually mature automatically when you get like, those are not true things, but it is true that there is a difference in how you are viewed in the church. Yes. I'm not saying it's right. And I'm not saying it's based on truth, but that is a fact that there is a difference and it, there shouldn't be. Mm-mm. No, not at all. And yeah, it was just, I was really encouraged to hear from her for her to talk about like even her life season now, yeah. how it was encouraging to her. But at the same time, every time I hear a story like that, I'm just like, golly, what are we doing? Like, why, why is this? Like, I wish we could send that. If you haven't listened to that episode, the open letter to the church from about singleness, is that yeah. what we called it? Um, Highly recommend it. It's from last season. You can yeah. you go listen to that. Yeah. I think if you're trying to open up, dialogue or conversation with maybe people in your church who are sing or who are are single who are married who are in a different stage of life who don't seem to really be getting it i would say last week's episode answering that question of if mm-hmm. you would just blank yep. then you would find someone and then also yeah the open letter to the church on singleness send those to let us open the conversation for you yeah. like, if you don't really know how to like start that send them an episode be like hey i just listened to this would love for you to take a listen and then let's talk about it after something like that. And then we'll, we'll rip off that band aid for you. Yeah, exactly. We don't know them. There's no, <laughs> they can hate us. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I think those two would probably be the best ones to kind of get that dialogue going. And then if you do have those conversations with someone, we would love to hear how it went, what you took from it. Maybe your perspective changed. Maybe theirs did. Like what, what did that spark in that conversation? We'd love to hear about that. Yes, for sure. And so I think as we kind of ask ourselves this question, or we think about asking ourselves this question before, you know, God, what do you want from me? Knowing where our heart is when we ask this question, knowing how it's kind of elevated by other people within the church it's important to figure out 
okay, what are my intentions in doing what I'm doing? Yes. That make up the, hey, what more do you want from me uh-huh. background, I guess. If I'm doing this, this, and this, what more do you want? Okay, well, why are you doing this, that, and the yeah. other? Yeah. Why are you asking that question? Yeah. Why are you asking it? Should you be asking it? What does it say that you're asking it? We're going to kind of get into answering all those sub questions. Yeah. Here, you know, as we go through the rest of this. Yeah. So, if your intent behind doing all of the quote unquote right things, so growing in your faith, being social, you know, having a consistent quiet time, whatever that looks like, if your intent behind doing all those things is solely so you can meet somebody, then one, you're going to feel like a failure if you don't, because that's your goal. You know, if you think about in any area of life, the goal you set, you know, you could be wanting to lose weight So if you exercise and eat right, but don't lose weight, you feel like a failure. If your goal is just to be healthier and you exercise and lose weight, well, then you you don't feel like a failure because you are being healthier, whether, you know, you see a number on a scale change or not. So the same goes here. If you're doing all these things with your friends and you're going out all the time and you're trying to be as spiritual as possible so that God will give you a husband and you don't get a boyfriend or get a husband, you're going to feel like you failed. And not only that, but your heart isn't going to be in the right place for you to get the most out of these things you're doing. Yeah. And that's where you're really going to miss out because you can be social because you want to meet a guy or you can be social because you want to create community and you want to deepen your friendships. And if you're only going to social interactions, hoping to meet somebody and you don't, you're going to be sitting there at the restaurant or at, you know, the main event or wherever i don't know where you're going to hang out these days but <laughs> you kids yeah yeah for real. <laughs> the youths um if you're scanning the room the whole time for your future husband you're not going to be attentive to the friend you're there with to the people you can be talking to people you can be deepening you know relationships with and you're going to miss out whereas if you're there to just have a good time and hang out with your friends then you're going to have a great time. And if you happen to meet a dude while you're there, great. If not, you don't walk away thinking, well, that was a waste of time. Exactly. And there's a difference. And And that rubs off on the people you are with. Yeah. They will pick up on those things. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that's not fair to your friends. Like, think about if that, if you were the friend, if you were one of the ones there, you're like, wow, she is totally just using us. Yeah. Well, and just try to meet someone. Yeah. And from an onlooker's perspective, you think about like, if I were at a restaurant and I'm observing there, maybe there's a table of cute guys over, you know, across the restaurant and I'm kind of like, (laughs) and one of them is just seems to be, you know, having a great time. He's talking, he's laughing, he's engaged with his people. Whereas if you have the guy on the other end of the table, who's kind of, you know, just looking around or making eyes at people, I'm like, what's his deal? What's your problem? Like, why are you not having fun? Like it's more attractive typically when you can see somebody that's fully present, yeah. who's having a good time, and who is actually, you know, engaging in what yeah. the atmosphere has to offer, not just, you know, looking everywhere they go like a, it's a meat market that right. you're just walking through. Like, hmm, who am I going to talk to tonight? Yep. And the same goes with your faith. You know, if you are trying to grow in your faith because you want God to reward you for good behavior... One, you you don't negotiate with God. You can't be like, oh, if I do my quiet time every day for a year and I spend this much time in prayer and I go serve at church, then you better like, yeah, bring him on. I would contend with that. Are you really growing in your faith by doing those things or are you just checking? You're checking a box. It's a legalistic 
exactly heart attitude to have whereas if you're truly trying to grow in your faith because you want to become more like christ you want to honor him you want to develop more sanctifiedness (laughs) trademark yep there we go (laughs) just drop that in (laughs) then you're really going to get the most out of your time with the lord and you truly are going to grow and again your attractiveness to a guy who loves the lord because it's genuine that you're growing in your faith and not, oh, I check off the 14 boxes of holiness every day, but I don't get anything <laughs> yes. out of it because I'm waiting for God to reward me for, you know, getting an A on my Christian quiz right. that day. You right. know, like it's totally, it's all about your heart posture and what it you're, totally, well, how you're approaching huge, it. Huge, huge difference. And just like I was saying, if, if you, you're doing kind of that first one of just checking boxes, you aren't, are you really growing in your faith? I don't know that you are. Mm-hmm. And then with this though, when you are truly focused where you should be and truly wanting to become more like Christ and you're wanting to glorify him with everything in your life, then it is unavoidable that your satisfaction and your contentment in him, because you're seeing what his character truly is and you're seeing who he truly is and you're deepening that relationship. You, those things are going to, elevate and become so much more to where this you're not gonna like lose this desire to get married I, it's like i i almost wonder if at times people are like well if i become too content in the lord or i'm too satisfied with him what if i don't want to get married anymore what if you know like he's gonna forget that you wanted a husband and that's not the case at all and so that desire, it's not that you'll lose it or that you'll forget it. It will be in its right place. Exactly. Which is under becoming more like Christ and under being satisfied in him. Because if you think that getting married will fix those things, you'll have a rude awakening for you once you do get married too, because you're still going to have to put that under your following the Lord. Yeah. And we talked about that in an episode a few weeks ago, the premise of the episode was how to stop idolizing your boyfriend Uh you can idolize looking for a boyfriend just as much as you idolize an actual guy and so if you haven't heard that episode or maybe if you want to go back and listen to it again but in a different light of hey maybe i don't have a boyfriend yet but that doesn't mean that idolatry isn't a problem because if you get so locked in of everything i'm doing is solely for the purpose of getting a boyfriend then you have idolized that desire above your desire to draw near to the lord and so you know like bethany said where you place that desire is going to determine how you view god's character absolutely and so let's talk about that as we've kind of walked through the motivations behind asking this what you may be thinking let's kind of look now at what asking this question is really saying about your view of God's character. And then we can assess whether we really should even be asking this question Mm -hmm. or not. So let's start with, okay, I'm asking this question, Lord, what more do you want from me? I'm doing all the right things. I'm doing what you said. I'm doing what you want. Why am I not getting this thing? What does that say that your view of God's character is? First of all, it's very centered around you. (laughs) I want this. I want that. You give me this. I'm doing what I'm supposed to. Why are you not giving me what I want? Instead of saying, Lord, what, what more do you want from me? Like, what more can I do? Like that should, I think be more the question we're asking of, I, I know I don't deserve any of these things in my life. I know I don't deserve all of your grace and yet I have it. So what more can I do for you? not what more do you want from me? I think that is probably a more accurate way of asking that. It's not as self-focused. 
Well, because God doesn't need anything from no. you. Like we, and I, my whole, um, anybody who's a perfectionist or anybody who's, you know, a rule follower even yeah. thinks like, oh, well, I need to do, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is what, God doesn't need you for anything. <laughs> If you want to get real uh-huh. blunt about it and really, really take a humbling perspective from it. Does he want you to follow him? Yes. Does he want you to be obedient? Yes. Does he want you to use, does he want to use you as a part of his plan to further his kingdom? Yes. But all of that happening is not contingent on you. No. And you elevating yourself to thinking like, oh, well, what, it, what more do you want from me? And why do I, this, yeah. that, again, so many times saying me, I, I, me. Uh-huh. And I think any time we're praying, obviously your prayer is personal and it's concerning you to an extent. But right. how many times are you saying, I, me, yeah. my, I want this. I need this. What more do you want from me? How, what do you expect from me? Me, me, me. Uh-huh. Really take into consideration how many times you're using those words. Yeah. And like Bethany said, reframe it. Okay, Lord, you know. What can I do for you? Yeah. What? Use me how, how can I you follow you? Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, I want your will. Again, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus yeah. even struggled with that tension. Uh-huh. And, you know, so it's human to struggle well, with that. But Jesus struggled with that and he was without sin. Exactly. So struggling with that tension is not sinful. Mm-hmm. Taking it to the Lord. I mean, Jesus said, if there's any way, remove this cup from me. He didn't want. He wasn't like, ooh, yay, going to the cross. He didn't no. want that. Which I just, can we just sit and think about that for a <laughs> second? Because I, when I, I spoke about Israel to my mom's classes oh, a few yeah. weeks ago. And so we, I showed him pictures of uh-huh. the Garden of Gethsemane and we were there. And I remember sitting there thinking, gosh, you were perfect. And you still were like can you please just not make me do this? And it was, it's so comforting. It goes back to that verse that y'all know how I am with references, but talking about how no temptation has, Mm -hmm. you know, basically come to you that the Lord has not faced himself or like we have a high priest who understands what we're going through. Like, yeah, so much of what we struggle with can go back to just that one moment Uh in the garden of Gethsemane where he's like, father, if you, if there's any way, just take this cup from me. Like, I don't want to do this, but if it's your will, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and none of that was sinful. No. So there is nothing sinful about saying, Lord, I do not want to be single for the rest of my life. I want to meet someone. I want that in my life. That is a desire that I have. It is a good desire. It is from you. Like they're good things. And Lord, that is what I want. But then you stop and you say, but what I want more than that is for your will in my life to be done. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with admitting that. There's nothing wrong with telling the Lord that. And then, but truly saying that aside, I want your will for my life. Mm-hmm. that is I mean that is being like Jesus yeah he did the same thing so yeah and I think we have to get rid of the shame that comes with asking for what we want as long as you are again praying in accordance with the Lord's will it's not a bad thing to have desires and to want things yes and I feel like for whatever reason sometimes single people can struggle with feeling shameful that they want to be married yeah and that's not that's nothing to be ashamed about no so you, again you don't have to feel 
bad because you're not sinning and having a desire but it's when again you elevate that desire or when you get so bent on that desire that you refuse to comply with the will of god that's where the sin Mm -hmm. comes in and that's the difference here yeah okay so then (laughs) that was a really good tangent Mm -hmm. i'm glad we went there i'm glad we went there too so i love our tangents (laughs) but going back then to what is asking this question of God? What more do you want from me? What does that say about your view of God's, God's character? So first, it centers around you. Secondly, it views God as being unkind. Mm. Because what you're, you know, you're telling him, okay, what more do you want from me? You're ho- withholding this good thing from me, marriage, a boyfriend, whatever it is. You're withholding that from me for no legitimate reason. And because I'm doing everything. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to. And you're just not giving me this good thing that I want. That's not a very kind thing for someone to do. And we know that God is so kind. He's all of kindness. And so that is a very warped view of his character when you're asking that. It's because you're viewing him as this unkind God who's just enjoying withholding this good thing from you. Yeah. And if you want to kind of explore more of is God really kind? That was the question that um, Annie F. Downs answered in her book, Remember God, that came out a few years ago. It's probably my all-time favorite book. I'll link it in the newsletter. Um, but that's the whole premise of her uh-huh. trying to figure out, like, is God really kind? Like, I know he's good. I know he's in control. I know he has a plan, but is he really kind? Yeah. And it's a phenomenal book. So I'll put that in the newsletter for y'all. But because it is, and you you would never say, like, oh, God is so unkind, out loud. Mm-hmm. But then when you boil it down to when you struggle with these things, of like, okay, well, what kind of person withholds something really good? Right. Well, he doesn't, which we'll get to in a minute. But you're tempted to go that route right. with your thoughts of, if he loves me, and he cares about me, and he wants what's best for me, then why the heck is he not giving me this? Right. Well, and that's where you have to stop and tell yourself, okay, no. Here are the things that I know to be true about God. I know he's kind. I know he loves me. I know he wants my good. So if these things are true, but it doesn't feel like they're true, or my perception of reality over here would indicate that it's not true, what in this scenario needs to change? My feelings, mm-hmm. my perception of reality, my thoughts, all of that's what needs to change. And that's what, you know, we talk about speak truth to yourself, take your thoughts captive. That's what that looks like of stopping in that moment and saying, okay, no, I know God is kind. I know he is good. I know that he loves me. So that is truth. I'm telling myself that. And I speak that truth to myself. I take my thoughts that are contrary to that captive and I put them away put them off to put on those true thoughts and walk in that yeah it's informing your feelings exactly and let it, instead of letting your feelings inform the rest of you yes <laughs> okay so another way that asking this question could affect how you view god's character is that you can start to think that his love for you is contingent on your performance mm-hmm. and Again, going back to my fellow perfectionists or rule followers <laughs> or whatever. Again, in every other area of life, you follow the rules, good things happen. Mm-hmm. And I I really kind of, this was one of the first, I guess, quote unquote, big lessons that God really taught me <laughs> um, when I was a freshman in college. Because growing up, and I didn't ever think my parents' love was contingent on my performance at all. (laughs) Let me just say that. But 
I was the compliant child. Mm-hmm. My siblings were rebels. And so <laughs> when I followed the rules, when I did the right thing, yeah. not only did I get praise, which I we all know words of affirmation <laughs> is uh, my love language, but I would get rewarded in the sense of I got to stay up later. Uh-huh. I was trusted to go do things because I my parents knew I wasn't going to do anything stupid. <laughs> um, I, you know, had a later curfew, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And so... In a way, I started to think, oh, well, if I do this, if I do this then God's going to reward me for that because mm-hmm. I've, I've seen this happen. I know he still loves me regardless, but like think good things are going to happen if right. I do the right thing. And I had to come to the painful realization that, honey, that's not how this works <laughs> in God's economy. Like, it's just not the same. And his love and his gifts and blessings yeah. don't they're not contingent on whether you do the right thing or not and i mean you reap what you sow let's talk let's talk about that for a second because you know galatians 6 you're you you do you reap well you're gonna sow well Uh uh-huh are you so well you're gonna reap well i always mix (laughs) up you sow well you're gonna reap well if you don't you won't but just because you sow all the right things quote unquote like we're talking about that doesn't mean what you think you're going to reap yes. and what God allows you to reap exactly. are going to be the same I was thing. Saying, reaping well is that you become more like Jesus. Yeah. You become more selfless. You become more humble. You become more others focused, whatever, whatever the situation may be. It's not that I did all these nice things. So now I get what I want. Well, and I think we need to get out of the mindset too, that all of our rewards from God are tangible. Yes. Because we think, Oh, I did. I'm going to get, this job I really want. I'm going to yeah. get a husband. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get to, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yes, no, it's not always going to be tangible. You may grow in perseverance. You may, you know, become more hopeful. Your mm-hmm. trust in God may develop just leaps and bounds from what it was. Mm-hmm. You may, you know, get the chance to, you know, share your testimony with people mm-hmm. because, you know, you've been faithful to share it with a couple people. Okay. Now you may get asked to go share it with, you know, 50. I don't know. Yep. But it's not this tangible thing and even just an earthly thing like we get so bogged down with oh well what's right in front of me is all there is and it's like we have Uh a whole eternity to look forward to exactly what I was gonna say too is not only are they not necessarily all tangible they're not all tied to this world Mm -hmm. I don't think like it's not just for right here and right now whether that's eternity whether that is 20 years down the road it's yeah. not all about right now, right this minute. Yeah. So we've got to really, again, we always talk about shift your focus, shift your perspective of, you know, it's not all about right now. It's not yeah. about what right's in, what's right in front of me. Yeah. And it's not about tangible, you know, visible rewards. It's God may have something great for you down the road. God mm-hmm. may have something great for you when you get to heaven for, you know, or for you to be even just to see and realize what effect, you know, God using you yes. on this earth has when you get, you'll never realize all of that while uh-huh. you're here. And I cannot wait for the day where we get to <laughs> be like, oh my gosh, like, look how he did yeah. this and look how this connected uh-huh. and look how, you know, I never knew this happened. How cool is that? Yeah. That alone is huge. Oh, it totally is. And so. Well, and, and maybe the, the reward or the good thing, I think you mentioned this, is that you trust the Lord more. Mm-hmm. That may be the good thing. Yeah. In that you have learned to deepen your trust in the Lord because you didn't get what you wanted. Yeah. Which, think about that for a minute. Oh, man. That'll preach. <laughs> your reward is not getting what you wanted because you learned to trust the Lord more. 
Yeah. Uh, and I've, I mean, I've lived that. Totally. Oh, I think absolutely. a lot of us have. Yeah. If you really think about it. I mean, who in this life has gotten everything they wanted? Yep. So, anyways. Man, we are all about the... <laughs> y'all we literally had one line (laughs) i know (laughs) for that point so that was that was fun okay so then i'm gonna this next one it kind of goes with the others i'm just gonna kind of give this analogy real quick because we both were like oh yeah that's a helpful way to look at it is that a lot of times with this question with this mentality you're almost viewing god as a vending machine or a genie Mm -hmm. you know And and if you think about how you use a vending machine you put your money in which is in this like analogy okay i'm doing all the right things i'm putting my input in my money in and then you pick the product that you want you make your selection on the vending machine and in this case maybe you prayed a lot that you really wanted a husband and what you wanted him to be like and all these things you put in your selection well what does a vending machine do then it spits out exactly what you asked for (laughs) but God does not work that way. He's not this vending machine where you just put in your request and you do all the right things and poof, exactly what you asked for is there. And I mean, we just talked plenty about, you know, that whole thing. So I'm not going to go into that more. I just wanted to make that analogy of that's almost like what you're reducing God to in your mind when you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Well, and if you think about it too, the greatest gift you will ever receive is the gift of salvation. And you didn't have to do a single thing to get that. So why do you think that this totally undeserved so far out of your reach gift you didn't have to do anything to do why do you think you need to do something to get all these smaller ones you know yeah and i mean y'all i'm preaching to the choir here i need to i'm saying (laughs) man i really needed to hear this today but just think about that and it's not like we talked about earlier that formula of a plus b equals c you know you don't put in a dollar 25 and get out you know your dream guy it just doesn't work If there is a vending machine for husbands, however, we would not be opposed to doing some research. No, please let us know. I'm waiting for Amazon to come out with them, honestly. Like, that'd be nice. Like, they prime a husband to you, and then you're like, ah, I need to return this one. Take it back to an Amazon locker. Take it to Kohl's. I would like to return this, please. (laughs) No, thank you. Oh, my word. That'd be hilarious. If only it were that easy. I feel like there's a sitcom in there. I think so. That would be really funny. We come up with so many great ideas on here. I know. Not to toot our that own horn or anything. really funny, though. Like, this whole thing of, like, you need a, you know, you need a date for a Christmas party. Well, that's only forty seven ninety five for the evening. Ooh. But if you needed, like, a three-month relationship, well, that's going to cost you a little bit more. And then you can upgrade that to, like. It's a Hallmark movie. Yeah. It totally could be. It could be. We we just need to, we need to partner with Hallmark. <laughs> there have been too many things. <laughs> All right. Anyway. The last thing <laughs> that you're, you know, as you're questioning God, what more do you want from me? And how that allows you to view his, or kind of pushes you to view his yeah. character. The last thing you could struggle to, not struggle, you could be tempted to believe is is that you view God's scope of knowledge as similar to yours or as limited Mm -hmm. as yours. Mm -hmm. And that's something my dad's told me since I was a little kid. He talks about how, you know, Kristen, the Lord sees the whole parade and you see the float passing by. Like your vision is so limited. And it goes back to what we were talking about with eternity. He sees 
literally yeah. everything and yeah. you can't even remember what happened you know six well, weeks ago not only that but you see the float passing by and you see it standing on the ground looking at it god sees the float passing by from above mm-hmm. i mean figure to you figuratively and literally yeah but like his view is there he sees the whole float passing by like you just have this one little slice of mm-hmm. you know the present every every time yeah and his perspective even on what you see is entirely different yeah and you just never know what could be happening that's outside of your vision or understanding yeah that could be affecting your current circumstances i think uh-huh. going back to the losing weight analogy so a few weeks ago <laughs> I had a great week with my eating, my workouts, all this stuff. So I, you know, kept up with all my food. I stayed on track. I drank water. I worked out five, no, six days because I played tennis on the weekend and was just feeling great. Gained two pounds. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Talking about angry. (laughs) Your girl was not happy. I was like, excuse me. Meanwhile, back over Christmas for 10 days, I ate like crap and I don't think I exercised one time and I only gained two pounds. So please tell me. Yeah. Bethany's face says it all. Y'all can't see it. It's so annoying. However, I had to remind myself, you know what? I have no idea what could be going on on the inside of my body that could be affecting this. I could be retaining water. I could be, welcome to being a girl. Um, I could, you know just different i could have eaten something last night that was really salty and didn't realize it or i could you know there are all kinds of things maybe my your body just fluctuates especially as a girl y'all know this your weight fluctuates ridiculously like throughout the week and i have no idea but because Mm -hmm. i did all the right things i was again disappointed because i didn't get the desired result but i don't have the full picture Uh and so i went and ordered a smart scale uh, (laughs) so i could get a little bit of a better picture but we have to trust that hey you know what what i think is good Mm -hmm. and what i want may seem really good right now based on what i know and my perspective but i don't have the whole picture yeah and so i've got to trust that what god says is good what god says is best is truly what's best for me because he does have the whole picture yeah so that's where you've got to make that differentiation here okay yes so we have gone through all of these incorrect views now of what asking this question really says about your view of god's character so let's take a few minutes now and look at what is actually true of God's character? So we've gotten to that point where we're like, okay, yeah, okay, we know this is wrong. So what are those true things that we can tell ourselves that we, when we're taking those thoughts captive and turning that turning that ship around, <laughs> what can we tell ourselves is true about God's character? Now, we have several verses to go with each of these, but for the sake of time, we are going to put them all in a, and so you can refer back to them. I think this will be a good thing to have like as a resource to maybe commit them to memory. Put it on your bathroom mirror, those sorts of things to refer back to. So we're going to send you guys in the newsletter tomorrow. We're going to put a whole host of verses to kind of go with these, but then also for you to refer back to. So we're going to go through these quickly, but there's a more in-depth look at the verses coming out tomorrow. And if you're listening to this after like Thursday morning, oh, yeah. then we'll just keep this in the newsletter for the month. Oh. Yeah, good call. And that way, if you sign up anytime in the month of April Perfect. of 2021, yeah, <laughs> you're really, if you're way ahead in time and listening back to this, that's awesome. But 
April 2021, if you sign up, we'll keep this in the yeah. newsletter so you have it. Perfect. Okay. So what is actually true of God's character? He is a generous God who loves giving good things to his children. Now, in our notes here, I put good in quotes a little bit because that doesn't just mean what you want. It doesn't just mean what you think is good. It is, means like truly good in God's economy. He loves giving those things to his children. And our thought should be to align ourselves with what God says is good, not be upset that he's not giving us what we want. And I think a lot of times we've misunderstood what God has promised, what that good is. And then we also kind of equate it to mean every little thing we want, you know? Mm -hmm. So yes, God is generous. He is good. He is not withholding those things that we think we want just because he wants to. Yeah. And God is also faithful always. Mm -hmm. You know, Hebrews 13, eight says Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Like yeah. he's faithful in the past. He's going to be faithful right now and he's going to be faithful in the future. Yeah. He's also concerned with the condition of your heart more than anything else. Mm -hmm. You go into first Samuel 16 where Samuel's trying to identify who's going to be king and they think it's going to be David's older brother and it's not. And the Lord makes it very clear. Like, I don't care what he looks like. I don't care if he looks like a king. I don't uh -huh. care if he checks all the boxes. His heart's not in the right place. Yeah. And so in this case, like we're talking, God is way more concerned with the condition of your heart than what you're doing for him. Quote unquote, well, you know, yeah. I keep saying quote unquote, but <laughs> you know, you checking all the boxes mm -hmm. like we've talked about. And his love is unending regardless of your works. You know, Psalm 136 talks about that. It doesn't matter. Thank the Lord yeah. that, you know, cause there are going to be weeks where you are on your game man. you are up early. You are in your <laughs> Bible. You are, you know, church is great. Every, you just feel like you and the Lord are on the same track and there are going to be weeks where you're like, Lord, are you even there? Like yeah. you've, it, and he hasn't gone anywhere. Exactly. You've pulled back or there, you feel like there's a distance, even though there's not, but his love is unending and stay again, stays the same regardless of what that looks like. Yeah. And then too, not only is his love unending, but he is all knowing and his wisdom and his understanding are unfathomable. And in Isaiah 40 is the verse that, that goes with that. Uh, I think it's verse 28 where it talks about he does not faint or grow weary and his understanding is unsearchable. And so not only is his love unending, but it is a wise and all knowing love, which that I think is what, like I say that, like that's the only thing I'll say that is what separates us from God. There's a lot of things, but <laughs> go, with, go with me it's for one a second in that like, Yes, his love is unending, but it is perfectly wise and perfectly timed and perfectly un perfect under in its understanding and wisdom is what I'm trying to say, where ours is not. And so the scope of it is so much better because of that. Um, and then not only those things, but then he's your protector. He is protecting you and you never know from what or from who. Psalm... 18 verse 30 talks about this where it says he is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. He is your protector and his way is perfect. So you can rest in that. He's perfectly loving. He's all knowing and he's looking to protect you from what or from who you don't even know. And that's so freeing to when you really boil it down because it's like I don't have to worry. 
And I don't have to freak out about this because I can trust that God is sovereign all the time. And if something works out, it's because he wants it to work out. And if it doesn't, then it's not supposed to. And who knows, like you said, what could he be protecting me from? And I may never know, Mm -hmm. but I can trust that he is a shield for me and that he's not going to fail me in that sense. Yeah. And then on top of all of those things, we know that he wants nothing but the best good for his children. So, you know, we talk about, oh, God is generous. Well, that's great. But is he looking out for your best interest? He's faithful. Well, great. Is it to your true benefit? He is loving and all these things. But if he's not wanting good for his children, that's not going to be very helpful. But we know Romans, it talks about Romans 8, 28. And this is the verse that all things work together for good. You hear that so many times. But that good is that you become more like Jesus. That all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And that good is that he will make you look more like Christ. That is the good. Whether it feels good, whether it seems good, whatever it is, that is what he's always looking out for for his children. Yeah. And you also look at Ephesians 3.20, which is my favorite verse, that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So even what we think is good, or even if, you know, what happens ends up being different. We're like, oh, this is good. Like, it's going to be so much better oh, yeah. than it's so easy for us to put God in a box. I feel like because, yes. again, of our limited understanding and our, you know, very little pinhole of a perspective. <laughs> and it's like, no, God wants to blow your expectations out of the water. And so we need to be expectant of that and yeah. look forward to that and believe that he can and that he will instead of thinking, oh, well, I guess, you know, <laughs> if it doesn't work how I want, it's all going to be fine. It's yeah. going to be better than fine. Like, yeah. it's going to be so good. Well, and two, we can put this in the newsletter, too. It, I love this newsletter to be packed, y'all. <laughs> I need to make a list before we <laughs> leave. Can you think about that whole amount, immeasurably more and so much bigger and all these things. I can never remember which exact chapters it is. I know it's 38 and 39 of Job where, you know, Job has questioned God and Job has, you know, asked him all these questions and God says, okay, now, now I'm going to ask you some questions, Job. And he goes into this. I mean, it's at least 38 and 39. I don't remember if it goes into 40, 40, it may keep going where God is just saying, okay, Job, you know, (laughs) I think he's telling him to, be ready like a man, basically. And he asks him things like, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Who determined its measurements? And he talks about who shut in the sea with doors and who knows where the storehouses of the snow and the hail are. And like all of these things. And he talks about my favorite. I always think of this when you go to the beach and he talks about, he set the boundaries of the waves. Like you will go this Mm -hmm. far and no further. And you watch those waves come and you watch the tide go in and out. You just think about, a God who created an ocean, who created a world and said, okay, I mean, how many waves that is, but he knows the exact boundary and set it of every single one of those waves that comes in and goes out. Mm. Try to to fathom that type of like immeasurably more, that type of bigness. We can't, but that's, that's the, when I say that's the God we're dealing with, that sounds so trite. And so but what else That's like, true. What else can I say? Yeah. So yes, if I feel anything, if you ever 
get to that place, whether it's just asking this question of, okay, what more do you want from me? Or you're, you're getting a little too big for your britches, as my grandparents would always <laughs> say. Go read these chapters in Job. Mm-hmm. It will humble you and you'll say, oh, I never even thought about that being a thing, much less established it and know where everything is. Like, It's so humbling. It is. It and really so is. that would be my final charge, I think. Yeah. This thinking about this reminded me, we were planning for this episode yesterday and it's a Lisa Turker's quote that she's, I think, put in several of her books, but she says, God is good. God is good to me and God is good at being God. Mm-hmm. And if you just remember those three things, <laughs> that's going to get you through a lot. Yeah. Of, hey, God is good. God is always good. Whether it feels good, uh-huh. whether your circumstances seem good, he is good. He is good to you yep. and wants what's best for you. And he's good at being God. And we are not. If you want to add that little tangent <laughs> yeah. on at the end where you think you've got it all figured out and all the answers and I can handle yeah. this. No, he's the one that's good at being God. Uh-huh. Obviously, if he can set up where the waves stop <laughs> at the very least. Yeah. And all the other things. So uh-huh. just I would leave you with that of remembering those three things. And we'll put that I'll kind of I'll put that at the bottom yeah. of whatever this little PDF is that we create with all these verses and truths of God's yeah. character. But reminding yourself of these things again committing them to memory whatever you need to do is really gonna be the key to kind of dealing with the thoughts that come along with asking god what more do you want from me yeah so i think that's a good a good place to stop right there i think so too well thanks guys for joining us this has been a fun episode like i said the newsletter is going to be packed tomorrow so (laughs) you're listening to this on the day it comes out be sure to go and sign up for the newsletter if you haven't already either at our instagram bio at lftm underscore podcast or on our website lookingforthemiddle.com and we will send that out tomorrow morning but we'll be back next week with another full-length episode but until then i'm Kristen and i'm bethany and this is looking for the middle 